Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bottomless Coffee. I'm Jerome at Jerome T. Evans on social media, and I'm really excited uh, for today's conversation for a number of reasons. Uh, first, and well, not foremost, but first, um, I, a couple of episodes ago, I told you about how we were going to make some investments in the show and start shipping out microphones. Uh, we did that. It has arrived uh, at one guest's home and he's here today and we're going to talk. And so I'm really interested in how it's going to sound. Uh, we did some testing and it was wonderful. Uh, second, also not foremost, but second, um, uh, we, uh, uh, I have to remind you, I'm obligated to remind you to check out our Patreon community at uh, patreon.com slash bottomless coffee. Right now, all the money that comes from Patreon is going to go towards getting like worthy organizations onto the TV show since our existing sponsorship arrangement doesn't cover things like Avenues for Youth, which is a service that finds homes for uh, displaced LGBTQ kids. And I want to get them on TV because they're doing good stuff. Now, today, we are going to be talking about the intersection of gender and fashion. Uh, we're going to really just kind of ask ourselves the questions of why we are gendering clothes anyway. Um, and then I think spending a lot of time talking about fashion as a tool for liberation, um, which I think will be really fun. Um, and uh, that's my opinion, but I am not the expert in this. We brought an expert here with us. Lucas Stowe has joined us in the studio. Lucas, check out that microphone and say hi. Yes. Hi. Does it work, Testing? It works. It works. Yes. We can hear you. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thank you. I'm so excited. My first podcast, probably not my oh. last. I'm really obsessed with podcasts. I'm, I always have them in my ears. I love it. Oh, I love fabulous. It. Well, I think mm -hmm. you're starting with a really good one and with mm -hmm. a really good conversation. Yes. Um, now, you are a fashion designer who pulls double duty first as the founder and artistic director of the label Lucas Stowe mm -hmm. and also as a designer for big name footwear companies. Uh, you previously worked for Aldo Shoes. I have owned Aldo's mm -hmm. and currently designed for Steve Madden in New York. I've also owned Steve Madden shoes. <laughs> yes. So, hmm. <laughs> now, through your label, you advocate for gender full fashion, which is a topic that I'm really excited to explore. Mm -hmm. um, and you say it's a celebration of all genders through fashion. And so I say we get into it and i'm gonna just right out of the gate ask you if i'm right in saying that you've built a design ethos around showing people that the concept of gender just straight up does not make sense uh or is it more that you're like designing outside the construct of gender or neither or both am i too cerebral am i too caffeinated <laughs> what's up <laughs> Um, so yeah, for sure. I think that, um, for me personally, I don't think gender makes sense, but I do think gender is really important. And I think hmm. that for some people, gender does kind of, is like a big part of their identity. And I think that I don't want to take that away for some people, for example, like, um, the gender that they are or that they want to be is like who they are. And I think that's like super important and great and awesome. And I also want to celebrate that. 
Um, but what I am questioning and want to change is more like um, the rules or quote unquote rules um, yeah. of like the gender constructs. For me, the thing about um, gender is that I think that it's flawed. Like I don't think that what we put in boxes of male or female um, actually make that much sense. For example, like we have like preconceived notions of like what color, like pink is for women and blue is for men. Like that doesn't really make, that is just something that we made up. Like they're not real. Yeah. Um, and also they were changed through time. Like for example, like um, men used to wear heels. That was a sign of power and it made them taller. So it made them seem like um, more intimidating. And now women wear heels. And for example, like even with like the color pink, like that was popularized by women because Marie Antoinette mm. loved pink. So those things aren't real, and I'm kind of like like playing with the idea, um, just of those things and proving that they're not real. You know, yeah. Even well, even what, yeah, even from the point of them not being real, which I agree with, those two <laughs> genders just in themselves don't make sense. Like we know gender is not a binary, um, exactly. but when I go to the mall, I've got like a men's section and a women's mm -hmm. section, mm -hmm. and those well and, and kids. Uh, but those are my only <laughs> options and it's it's really strange it doesn't make sense to me it um, doesn't and like you were saying like we we even forget the in-betweens like it's like everything yeah. else we're, we're men we're men and everything else like goodbye do you know what i mean yeah. and like the people who are the in-between people like non-binary two, two spirit people like they've existed since the beginning of time like we see it in history we see we've seen it since history exists so mm -hmm. we're like what with those like that doesn't exist you know like the in-betweens isn't real so i think yeah. that um, when we talk about fashion, like we always forget those things and it's changing slowly, but I think that it's it, like through time we can see the proof that like it hasn't always been the way it is. And I think that it should change. Oh, when did you, if you can, if you can think back to mm -hmm. little baby Lucas, mm -hmm. <laughs> when did you first learn um, in your mind about gender, like did, like, was it your blue swaddling clothes if you were a kid? Did you have like, uh, I don't know, toy train wallpaper in your room or something? Can you, can you access those core memories, Lucas? Honestly, I have like, a, I have a pretty like clear memory of my childhood for some reason. Oh, and, weird. and this question kind of makes me think of like, yeah, of like specific things like, I've always like played with dolls and like dressing up and like yeah. not even about gender, just like it, that's how I expressed myself. Like it wasn't even like, oh, I want to wear dresses. It was like, oh, I want to wear, it was very particular about like how I wanted to like um, dress myself. And I remember I was in a sandbox and I was okay. about three or four years old. This is before school. I was in daycare. And I remember that I, I had I borrowed an elastic from a friend or something, a hair elastic, and then I put it like in my hair, like my hair was too short, so I put it like on my forehead. Okay. And that was the moment that I knew that it was going to be a problem for me because I thought, I, I didn't think, I knew I looked fierce. I was feeling it. I loved it, even at four yeah. years, three or four years old. But the issue was the reaction that other people had around me. And then I kind yeah. of like, from that moment, I had a mental note where I was like, okay, this is a prop so people don't seem to understand things the way that like i do in my head about how i want to um express myself through fashion have you spoken about this with your parents in the past do you think they like intentionally brought you up in a way where you could do whatever you wanted um because it sounds like those other three and four year olds had been taught to consider gender and like in a certain way um but you were free 
to really explore. And uh, it wasn't until they like taught you socially that you were doing something mm -hmm. abnormal that you even really thought about it. Well, I think that um, when I was really young, I kind of forced, I knew that the people around me, like I felt safe around them. So I knew mm -hmm. that like, I kind of had to teach my parents in a sense from a very young age, like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, whether they liked it or not, I'm going to take dance, dance classes. I'm going to wear pink. I'm going to play with dolls. Like, it was that way or nothing for me. So I kind okay. of, it was kind of me that was kind of proving to them that, like, this is who I am. And, like, we haven't really changed. That's just how it is. And we're not going to change that. So just accept it the way it is, you know? And I think that they... Yeah. I think it wasn't easy for them because my parents didn't really, or that I knew of or remember them having queer people or gender non-conforming people in their lives. So I didn't see it. Even when we're thinking about like what's on TV and movies, like even these days, like there hasn't even been like a gay character in Disney before. And I think that's mm. insane. So not seeing someone that looked like me was really confusing to me because I knew who I was inside, but I wasn't able to see it on other people. So I was like, okay, I kind of have to, be this person in a way um, that in a way, but also like I had to also protect myself, you know? Um, like how did that make you feel if you're able, this isn't, this isn't a therapy session um, <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we didn't prepare for this, but I wonder, yeah. <laughs> you know, like since you have such a keen um, memory of your childhood, maybe more mm -hmm. so than a lot of other people have, mm -hmm. it, it sounds like you are uh, just a very small adult instead of an actual child. It's, it's yeah. the way that you're speaking a little bit. Like, um, did it make you feel any particular way? Did you feel like you had to be patient? Did you feel like, oh, okay, as soon as I'm 18, I get to do whatever I want? Or did you feel like, okay, as soon as I get home, I can do whatever I want, but if I leave the house, I have to behave a different way? Like, what was that vibe? Yeah, I mean, you, this is exactly what, like, I was about to say. Um, so for me, I have another memory of me at seven years old. Oh, and, and I have a memory. I, my favorite holiday of all time is Halloween. I sure. love Halloween. That it's, tracks. Yes. And the thing about <laughs> Halloween is that, like, you can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. And, like, no one can say anything. Yeah. You know? And as long as, like, like you could do whatever as long as, like, you're executing in a way and, like, you're confident in what you're doing. Like, it's going to it's gonna bring joy to people, you know? Yeah. And I remember, um, I'm from Montreal, so sometimes it snows um, at Halloween, and it was snowing okay. a lot. And I remember a couple weeks before, I wanted, I was like, oh, I want to be a fairy. And I always had kind of different costumes. And like I said before, it wasn't, a, my costumes weren't necessarily about gender. It was more about like, I like this thing, I want to be that. Like, for example, when I was five years old, one of my most iconic costumes, I dressed as a potato. I was like, I just want to do something crazy. So I, my mom made me a potato costume, you know? Yeah. And I remember this one Halloween, um, I wanted to be a fairy. So I asked my mom for like those little wings, those fairy wings. Yeah. And then so I had them and I was like so excited to wear them even though I had a giant winter jacket on. But I knew that at school it wasn't gonna be a safe space for me to wear those because I would get made fun of. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of like um, put like my personal almost life and my family life and my like school life in different compartments just because um, I didn't want to be made fun of, but I also wanted to be fierce. So yeah. like at, yeah. at school, I had little devil horns and then at home I had the fairy wings and then I kind of had the best of both worlds. Um, 
I, so I could feel safe and, yeah. and still have a cool costume at school, but also be able to express myself when I was at home. I want to explore this potato for a moment mm -hmm. um, because <laughs> it's kind of, uh, there are these two iconic toys. There's Mr. Yeah. Potato Head and mm -hmm. Mrs. Potato Head. Mm -hmm. um, and you spoke earlier about how you address your dolls, but I think the potato heads, you can just kind of like mix and match whatever you want onto whichever mm -hmm. one. And so were yeah. those dolls that you, were those dolls that you played with? Um, yeah, so I oh. loved any toy that I could like play with their identities. Yeah. So for example, I had one toy, it was like a bear that you I had, um, I had pens that you could wash off in the washing machine. So I was like, I could draw like lashes or like draw stripes or draw fun. prints, whatever. And I thought that was super fun. Or I also had um, a doll where she had no face. <laughs> and then okay. basically <laughs> you had to draw her. She had they, uh, basically picture like, um, like a naked doll with no hair, no face. And then we had mini wigs. So I had like 10 little wigs. And then I was, okay. you, you had a little stem so you could like stand with her eyes and nose and mouth. I thought that was like so fun. Cause I could really like, she, I, it was basically like a, bl a blank canvas and I could do whatever sure. I want with her. So I think that idea of like change and like being just like changing your identity and like saying something different just based off of like what you're wearing was like a really yeah. fun game for me as a kid. And you've continued to play with fashion, play mm -hmm. with fashion. Now get paid for fashion, <laughs> pay <Yeah>. for play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As a fashion designer, again, once again, pulling double duty, but you're an mm -hmm. advocate for gender full designs. Yes. And um, my question, such that it is, mm -hmm. is like, what is gender full? And uh, how does it differ from like gender less? And maybe if, we, maybe if there's an example of gender full and gender less, that would be helpful to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. So gender full, I think it's a word I made up. I may have heard it somewhere. I'm trademark. pretty sure I made it up. Yeah. <laughs> trademark that. <laughs> but I just think it's more inclusive. Um, I The word genderless, like, just like, I hate that word because it implies that there's a lack of gender and there's no gender. Whereas mm. I think that... Um, it sounds way more fun and interesting to be gender full. Like you're, you, if let's say you're in between you, I don't think you're someone who's nothing. I think you're someone who has all these other facets. I think that's way more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and also just thinking of genderless silhouettes or genderless colors. Like what's a genderless color? Like, is that gray? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly it's gray it's it's like a neutral it's like um like all the beige tones like no like i don't want that like i think that like there's, there's no fun in that you know there's no expression because it's like it's a neutral and even in terms of like um silhouettes like what's so fun about fashion is that like you can accentuate stuff you can play with proportions like if i want to have bigger hips like i can play with what i'm wearing and make my hips look bigger i can like cinch in my waist or i could like you know have shoulder pads like that is way more interesting to me than like a genderless silhouette, which is like, okay, so we have to have something that has like no hips, no boobs, no butt, no yeah. shoulders, like no height. Like that's what, what I just see a box. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and I think that for me, genderless fashion just ends up looking bad on everyone. <laughs> well, I'm, I think I'm hearing maybe an answer to the previous question about how you're approaching design 
um, mm-hmm. and that it's from like outside the the normal quote unquote normal construct of just of the gender binary. You're exactly. like that doesn't make sense. We're not doing that. When I design something, it's not necessarily everything you design is for everyone. But when you start the process of designing, you are including everyone in your creative process, which exactly. sounds like it's a step past what's happening now, even though that's like, like, like the very first step you can take. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I'm not trying to remove everything from something. I'm just trying to take everything into consideration, you know, yes. and there's like so much more richness and like diversity in that, that I think is way more in, like way more interesting. And also if I think about like, um, like just accentuating things. Like I think it like the transformation of fashion, like you can do so much more when you're trying to add or change shapes and stuff. Like a good example of this is like drag queens. Like you can look at it, the most gorgeous drag queen in the world. And then you see her out of drag and it's a completely different person. All she's doing is playing with her fashion and her proportions, you know, like there's nothing gender neutral because they're just accentuating certain parts that they want. And then for them, it's, um, their femininity, you know, and yeah. you can say that with femininity or masculinity. Um, you know, it's occurring to me. I did not ask your pronouns. I apologize oh. for that. He, him. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I did worry. not mess up. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and I was wondering when we were going to get to drag queens, um, mm-hmm. would you describe what drag queens wear in their fashion as being mm-hmm. gender full um in a way i think that gender full is not about um for me it's not about male or female for me it's it's um what you want to accentuate or like what the mood you want to what's the message you want to tell you know you do keep saying for me but it's your word so that's that's (laughs) you get to define it yeah (laughs) well how about you give us some examples of gender full fashion like I know it's a podcast but what's something that you've created um and how is it gender full as opposed to being uh gendered or genderless yeah um so when I design like part of my design process is just not really to think about gender in general mm. let's say I start let's say I have a mood board a mood board is like a, um, a grouping of images um that want that kind of like um explains what I want to portray in my collection. I won't think of, I won't separate it men's and women's. I'll separate it in kind of a mood. So let's say I want to do like a glam cowboy uh, collection. I'm going to have images of all genders, all different types of people. um, And it won't be like, okay, like um, the cow girls are going to have Daisy Dukes and the cowboys are going to have like a chaps or whatever you know like it's all mixed up to me like it's not about male or female in my design process it's about um what looks good on whoever wants to wear it if that makes sense it does make sense it does make sense and i think that's contrasted with like uh kind of the intentional subversion of gender expectations where you're like you just take some something that's traditionally um for women uh, Mm -hmm. and just put it on a man like it's a different concept um which i'm anxious to explore in a little bit more after this coffee break (laughs) we'll be right back hey everybody bivalent boosters are now available 
you can schedule your appointment through your primary care physician. Or if you're in Minnesota, you can go to the state-run vaccination sites at the Mall of America in Duluth, St. Paul, Rochester, and Moorhead. Disability accommodations are available upon request at those state-run sites. Right now, most people are not up to date on their boosters and we need to turn that around as we go into the cold season. Please get boosted. You do not want COVID-19. It's just not worth the risk. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. We are back with Lucas Stowe um, and we've got... Uh, an obvious answer to that last question about examples of genderful design. Duh, check out Lucas's Instagram at Lucas Stowe Brand. Uh, that's L U C A S S T O W E Brand, B R A N D. And you can see a bunch of examples of what he's talking about. And that's not his personal, that's his professional. So if you want to hear the personal, you have to wait till the end. <laughs> so um, now you've got Lucas still brand, but you're also a professional designer with a team. Yeah. And so I'm going to try not to get too conceptual again, but it's like, at what point in the process does a garment become like for men or for women? Because that is the world we live in. Um, eventually, like I'm wearing for, for all you kids at home, I'm wearing like a denim button down shirt that I put on because, you know, I was having a conversation with a fashion designer, uh, <laughs> which, you know, would look equally good in women's in my mind. I don't know. Ask the designer. <laughs> but at some point, you know, it's entirely possible that, whoever created this was conceiving of it as a woman's top or blouse or shirt or whatever. And so like, do, do, why do I not hearken back to what it was originally intended to be as opposed to how it came off the assembly line, right? Like, help me, help me with that, Lucas. Like, <laughs> t walk me through the process. Yes, I mean, that's like a really interesting point and I have, um, it's a pretty simple reason. So in fashion, there are fit standards. So basically, if you make a garment, for me, like I work in shoes, we're going to put the shoe, every single shoe goes on one person and this person says, okay, like um, it's too tight here. Like, oh, like um, it's not breathable, this and that. And then we'll change it uh, based off of what they say. And then these standards... Um, these standards are based off of a quote-unquote traditional male body type and then quote-unquote uh, female body type. So, and so that's why when you go into a store, it's male and female. And also what's important to note is that like the fit person, the fit model, that's not who you're seeing on the runway. The runway is about uh, showing a fantasy and like telling a story, <clears throat> but a fit model, it's a, completely about fit and um, it's about the goal is to fit as many people possible. So there's a lot of difference when you make a pattern based off a male's body and a women's body just because of, or I mean, hmm. people who are, are traditional men and women's body 
bodies are different. So there is any difference in patterns. For example, like um, women are more curvy. So that's why it's, it's hard to make clothing that fits everyone. Um, and it's so funny that you say this. There was a meme that I saw recently that um, it was a pride shirt and it said, men's non-binary pride shirt and that's so funny to me because men's non-binary pride that makes no sense at all (laughs) you know yeah and the the reason why they did that is because this the silhouette on a men's body type is meant to accentuate certain body types of a man and the um silhouette of a women's t-shirt is supposed to accentuate certain parts of women's bodies so for example because men are quote unquote supposed to look um, more square, taller, um, more boxy, and women are supposed to look skinnier and more curvy, then the pattern's gonna change based off of that. So that's the reason why things are made a certain way. And there's all these weird standards that also make no sense. For example, like the button up shirt you're wearing right now, um, are the buttons on the left side or on the right side? The right side. That means it's a men's shirt. There are some, yeah, there are some, Wait, or even why, like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, it, it's just so people know I'm wearing a men's shirt. It, there's no difference. There's huh. no difference at all. Yeah. So for me, I think that's when in like big companies or like when you shop in men's or females uh, sections, that's mm-hmm. the difference. Like the pattern is different, but I want to change that. Like, I also feel like there, for when you look at, men and women's bodies or in between like anyone's body there's so many variations like for me the ideal would be okay this is for a tall skinny person this is for a short rounder person you know like that makes more sense to me because i feel like um there's more similarities in those body types Hmm. uh than male or female but then we do have the social um ideals on what people should look like which is super interesting too so um, a man's body type, the pattern is going to be a certain way and women's is going to be a different way. So that's kind of like how it starts when you build, a, when you build like a, a commercial collection, that's not the case for me, but that's how like, um, okay. Or works. commercial collection. Oh, okay. Cause I have so many problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, this is, yeah. uh, I want to say the second time in bottomless coffee podcast history that I have like had to scramble around to find a pen to write down a question because I did mm-hmm. not want to forget it. Um, yes. If there are all of these patterns and standards, then mm-hmm. why are the sizes always different between brands in my mind? Because like a 30 waist is not always a 30 waist. And my mom used to complain all the time. She was like, I am a six, not an eight. <laughs> Or am I that she put on something else? (laughs) Well, that's really funny that your mom says that because women, a lot of sizes are skewed. So they say they're a certain size, but they're actually not because women want to feel smaller. And also materials change through time. So for example, denim, like, or even leather is a great example. If you, I always say to buy a leather jacket that's a size smaller, because if you wear it out, it'll morph itself to the body. So there's so many different elements there that, um, that can like change the sizing in clothing. Yeah. Um, if that answers your question. It does help. Thank you very yeah. much. Now I'm going to go back to um, the production, the, the difference between what you do, which is uh, mm-hmm. boutique and commercial, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are you, do you work to bring in elements of genderful fashion when you are with your, with your team? 
Is that something that you're able to do or is like your organization so large and the expectation from the consumer so specific that you're not really able to move um, what gets produced? Yeah. So if we're talking about like my personal line, then I could do whatever I want and that's what I yes. do. But let's say I'm working with Steve Madden, for example, it's so separated. Like I don't even know anyone on the men's team. Like I never mm. see them. Like it's so in silos and also the trends are different. Um, the quality is different. Um, men's trends like last a bit longer. So the styles are made to last a bit longer. Whereas sure. women's, that's why fast fashion is huge in women's because it's there, it changes so often. So we don't need to make it last like for years mm. and years. Uh, because I'm going to make a pump that someone's going to wear for a wedding once, you know? So it's a lot different. And it's really, really hard to break those things down when the whole, you know, the whole company is based off of, like, like gender. There yeah. are a lot of, there are some brands that are trying to do the, like, the gender neutral thing, which is also, I think, kind of problematic because I don't want to be gender okay. neutral. <laughs> I was going to ask you how you felt about that word <laughs> or that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's a really good example. Like, I'm a shoe lover, but I wear a size 12, quote unquote, men's, which is a size okay. 14 women's, which is impossible to find. So, yeah. I mean, it's not impossible, but that's kind of my problem. Like, I would love to wear whatever shoes I wanted, but I can't because it just doesn't exist in my size for most yeah. of the... For, I, I, I can't buy a cheap pair of, of heels somewhere because it just doesn't exist, you know? So that's part of it. That's a huge problem. So I was, um, I have a day job. I have, mm -hmm. You guys, I have a lot of jobs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I was with a coworker today and uh, we were talking about fashion um, because I knew I was going to be having this conversation with you and so it was on the top of my mind. And she brought it to shoes. And mm -hmm. she was saying that she really loves the shoes that one of our um, vendor partners wears and they are like a woman's men's loafer. She okay. called him like a creeper shoe, I think is what yeah. she called it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And along the same lines of it being like a male non-binary pride shirt, I was like, what do you mean? It's a women's yeah. men's shoe. Like yeah. we have to really like engage in some verbal acrobatics to describe our clothing uh, while staying within this rigid um, binary that we've constructed for ourselves. Absolutely. And also, there was no question there. That's just a skip. <laughs> no, no, for sure. And also to add on top of that is that um, like a men's foot or someone who's like um, who was born male, the foot shape will be a bit different. So there are oh. some technical things that need to change. Like men's feet are a lot wider um, and they're bigger. So, mm. so there are a lot of things that need to change. For example, like what if I buy a pump, like I always have to buy another size up because it's always going to be too always gonna be too thin for me you know so yeah. it's really complicated and like almost impossible for something like shoes because it's never made for some uh a size 12 men's foot you know but it could be it could absolutely it there could are some be. brands that do it yeah yeah like it wouldn't even really be that hard like no. <laughs> we could mm -hmm. <laughs> just be a bigger size and a little bit wider kind of like exactly. you've got um i think some brands have like a narrow size and, and a, a shoe yeah. yeah or when you yeah, get a suit exactly. sometimes it's regular sometimes it's a little little something else mm -hmm. uh Oversized, this isn't tough we just really committed to it yeah 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 
Exactly. Huh. There needs to be also a demand too. Like the more people want to buy it, the more it's going to be produced, you know, and that's also part of the problem. If society doesn't accept it, then there's gonna be a lot less people who want um, to wear like fashion of the other gender. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. And you'd also have to start working with the other members of your team. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, that's just, that's just yeah. the way it is. If, uh, if we were so motivated to make things change, that's what we'd have to do. We'd have to work together. Um, which kind of brings me to my next thought, which is like, we've got this gendered thing that we, we too, at least agree doesn't make sense. But like, there must be people who think that it does make sense because we're still doing it. So like, who is promoting the status quo when it comes to gender and design and fashion design? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, I can name a couple like popular people. Oh, don't we know. don't get me canceled. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I, I can think about like you know, there's like Billy Porter who wears these like insane outfits on the runway, which are like always so fun. And then there's yeah. like someone like Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye who like um, is less out there, but is really able to. I mean, they're non-binary, so they're mm -hmm. able to like kind of dabble in both. And there's like, um, like. Uh, Instagram influencers like Bretman Rock, who, I mean, always has fierce outfits on, whether it mm. d doesn't matter what gender, I mean, he wears whatever. And there's like people like Sam Smith too, that dabble in both. And there's even like people from like a long time ago, like Grace Jones, David Bowie, Prince, I just to name a few. Okay. Um, Drop those references. Yes. I mean, it's, I'm saying those cause they're kind of always on my mood boards. Like always, yeah. there's always four people in my mood boards. There's always Grace Jones, David Bowie, Prince and Cher all the time. And I don't even do it on purpose. I just like, I love their style. <laughs> and I love like, I love just the colors they use and just like all the, like the Bob Mackie stuff. It's like super inspiring to me. Um, and then well, in terms but of they're like, like breaking the status quo. Right. Exactly. Or like update or like stretching the status quo, let's say, who is like enforcing the construct? Is it the consumer? Oh, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. For me, I think that um, there's so many things. I mean, here in, in New York, like it's so it's so fun because like I, everyone has seen everything here. So like there's yeah. like the limits are a bit broader, um, but I think it's all society, honestly. It's all what we see on TV. It's like, it's just people are so um, stuck in the box, like how they think things should be. Whereas like it actually, um, well, it's not, you know, for a lot of people. In their defense, um, from your story, they yeah. were taught how to think from a very, very, very young age. Um, and maybe no one's really like, working crazy hard like you are like you're just mm -hmm. one person to yeah. teach them something different <laughs> to help them unlearn what they were learning uh by the age of the, the sandbox for goodness sake yeah well i think it is about education and i think that like just like for me personally like i always like try to push myself a bit more of how i perceive myself because exactly yeah. like me when i was three years old in a sandbox like I had to kind of like put a barrier on myself, even like my day to day, like I'm always male masculine presenting all the time, but it's more mm -hmm. like at night when I'm going out and partying where it is a safe space and I can kind of like, I'm kind of more um, celebrated in nightlife and with my yeah. queer friends. So I'm not going to wear a mini skirt to work ever, but 
once it's, I mean, 10 p.m. on a Friday night, girl, she's got the heels on. She's got the mini skirt on, you know? And I think that um, for me, also, one of the reasons why I do that is because I want people to see that, like, I still look fierce. I still, like, am confident and happy, like, even though, like, I look a bit different, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to touch on something there that's resonating. Cause I did, and I did promise everyone at the top of the hour that we would talk about liberation. Liberation! Mm -hmm. um, and I want to get into that after a coffee break. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Lucas Stowe of the line slash label Lucas Stowe on Instagram at Lucas Stowe brand. That's Stowe with an E L U C A S S T O W E B R A N D. Um, real quick before we get to liberation, I'm uh, curious about the role that gender plays in your personal line. I know we talked about being gender full. We talked about gender uh, pretty extensively and uh, with like large production on the, the on the commercial side, but uh, how does it play for you personally in your personal line? Yeah. Um, so for me, that's like such an interesting question, and that's like a really important part of my work. So I've done like a million photo shoots. I've done like a lot of runway shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And before you do a runway show or a photo shoot or whatever, you do a fitting. So. I kind of make um, a series of pieces and I kind of get an idea of like how I would style it. And then you have models come see you and then you do a fitting and you put the outfits on them. You look, you see what looks good on them and then you see like, okay, like I need to like, you know, sew it a bit here or like add a bit here or like whatever, change okay. it. And so for me, what I do is I pick all the models that I want and I don't choose outfits for them until they <clears throat> come to the fitting. Oh. And then I kind of choose, I first of all choose it based off like, okay, like um, what looks good with their skin tone? Like what is a silhouette that would accentuate certain X, Y, Z things? And then the most important part for me is what their energy is towards the outfit. Mm. So even if I say, okay, try these three looks on, but they look over there and see like a giant poofy dress that they're like, oh my God, what's that? The first thing I do is like, okay, we're dropping everything. You're trying that on. Yeah. Because for me, if someone feels like confident in what they're wearing, it's a thousand gonna, percent going to show. Whether it's yeah. a picture, whether it's a runway show, like, and for me, like the sexiest thing is confidence. So if if the person has confidence in their eyes or they feel good in what I'm putting on them, then I'm like, that's it. That's what you're wearing. You know, so that's it's like a resonance I'm... there. Exactly. It's, it's about just like the energy or just like, I mean, I hate saying energy, but just about like, okay. um, for me, it's like how, how I perceive they feel, you know, because like yeah. I make clothes to make people feel good, you know, so yeah. if they feel good in something, it's going to show and then people are going to see it and they're kind of going to understand like what I'm about a bit more, you know? I mean, I couldn't ask for a better segue into liberation and how mm -hmm. fashion liberates. Because it sounds like um, it makes people feel like those models, like, feel confident and good and, like, themselves. Yes. I you're, mean, you're nodding, definitely. but this is a podcast, so you have to yeah. say yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a visual. <laughs> No, for sure. I mean, for me, like, it's not even for, like, LGBTQ people. Like, it's for everyone. Like, 
And I think that um, a lot of issues that I see, for example, like Harry Styles, like he's not a queer person, but like he's praised for like wearing nail polish, for example, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of, that to me is kind of, um, for me, it's not about queerness. Like I think that's really interesting. Like everyone is allowed to to express themselves for um, like how they dress and stuff. But I do think that queerness is really important in what I do. Um, And I think that like, um, like you were saying before, like liberation and fashion and liberation. Like I feel like yeah. as a queer person, like for me, queerness in general is liberation, and a really good way of like um, expressing that is through fashion. You know, yeah. so I feel like the for me one of the one of my favorite things about fashion is that like I could put a chef's hat on. I'm a chef. Like no one's gonna ask me. Like people, are, okay, he's a chef. Period. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's so fun because you could do so much and say so much with, with like what you're wearing, you know. And that's so freeing to me. Um, and just like in a sense, um, like anything, anything you do, I could be. I'm literally wearing sweatpants on the bottom half. You can't see, <laughs> but that's a statement. Like that's a message I'm telling the world when I go out and see them, you know? Yeah. So I feel like self-expression and liberation, like they all like go hand in hand. I think like a lot of queer people understand that because like just, um, the fact that we're queer and we're breaking out of, um, the, the gender norms, um, that's like liberating in itself. Here's a question. Uh-huh. What is the most liberating outfit that you've ever worn? Um, well, that's easy. <laughs> oh, no way. I thought I was going to stump you. <laughs> no. Well, for me, it's not an outfit. It's a piece of clothing. Like, for me, it's it's heels. That's what it is. Like, okay. wearing heels is life-changing. I, I joke and I tell people that... Um, the oxygen levels are different when you're higher, so you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't I love true. That. Like I'm, I'm, I'm six inch taller. It's like there's no difference. Yeah. Um, but there is such a difference, and I mean, every time, I, every single time I wear a pair of heels, like people are like, "Yes!" Like just praising me, and that like feels so good. And also, just like, um, just the feeling you get looking at the world in a different way. Um, sometimes I wear heels when I have like big decisions to take. Like if I don't know what I'm doing and I put heels on, then I'll be like, okay, like I know what I'm, I'm most confident in heels. So if I want to, if I want an answer to something that's really important and I put heels on, then I'll be like, okay, I feel confident if this feels right, then this is a decision that I want to take. It is that, that, I know it's like kind of super I love it. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think about, I was trying to reflect back on the question for myself as well, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I could not think of any, any one item. Well, Mm -hmm. I, not like an actual piece of clothing, let's say. Um, but one Halloween, again, Mm -hmm. Halloween, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we I cha- exchanged outfits with a woman, and she was wearing like a Wonder Woman breastplate, uh, and I was like, man. "Oh, this is it!" Yeah, <laughs> and you really recognize the feeling um, once it hits you. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't put a lot of sock into clothing and fashion generally, uh, but after that moment, I completely understand what you mean about those heels because it's yeah. like yeah okay if i have a big decision to make um jerome as i'm presenting now will think of it one way but jerome in like a suit of armor is gonna look at it differently 
Um, exactly. It's yeah. the same thing with like uh, drag queens. Like I do, I, I dabble a bit in drag so I can say mm-hmm. that like you're a different person. So Lucas, who I am, is protected because nothing that my drag persona does is going to affect who Lucas is, you know? So I yeah. think that's what's so liberating about, um, that's an example of drag, which is in fashion in general. Like it's, it's a shield of to like, it's basically your armor for everyday life, kind of, you know? Yeah, for, I completely agree. And, oh, sorry, y'all, that was my dog. Um, and for me, it was that, it was almost it almost like extended the possibility of who I can be in a way that um, I still to this day really appreciate and that was like months ago no years ago oh my god COVID I lost two yeah years COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah no I think that that's what's so fun and also like I think a lot of people are stuck in this like routine of like how they dress a lot of people have like have a quote-unquote like uniforms almost like okay like this is what works for me i'm sticking here but the second where you like you take the chance like you kind of feel limitless after that you know and like nothing can stop you because there's so many possibilities again i could put a chef's hat on and girl don't tell me otherwise i'm a chef (laughs) and it's it's just like sad that you you have to take that chance because of once again this nonsensical societal expectation that we do one thing one way it's dumb it's dumb and and it's gender full i say yeah and it's so funny because like if you think about it like this piece of fabric it changes so much and says so much about me you know yeah and i think that like at the end of the day you're just looking at like a piece of textile you know and i think that's like when you bring it down to that it's just so stupid and fun and stupid and like funny you know yeah, but it's a huge industry. So yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Absolutely. Here we yeah. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Lucas, this has been amazing. I've had a lot of fun with this conversation and I knew that I would. Good. Um, as we wrap up, mm-hmm. is there a message that you want to make sure our audience takes away? Yes. Um, this kind of goes in with kind of what I said earlier in the sense where like, um, the way you dress is not about other people. The way you dress is about you and what you want to represent. If you feel like something is right inside you and you feel good and confident and happy and sexy and whatever, then do that. You know, like what other people say, um, everyone's going to say something no matter what, you know, like, do you want someone to just think you're neutral and like like some random person that they'll forget not really like be yourself like life is so short we, i literally don't have time to like just mm-hmm. be a normal person you know what i mean like... <laughs> agreed good <Yeah>. message yeah <laughs> uh, well thank you well, what can we do to support your business um honestly hit that follow button on Instagram, Lucas Stowe brand. Um, that's where I do all my orders. Um, I'm working on my website. I have one, but it's still really complicated. I'm not really a techie it's person. In development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I reply to every single one of my DMS, maybe not right away, but I always do. So just, I always look at them. So write to me if you want something and I make a lot of custom things too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want like, like I have specific silhouettes that I do, but if someone wants like, you know, like shorter sleeves or like a gown or whatever, like I can do that. Just ask me whatever and I can work on it. If you want to experience gender full fashion for yourself, 
send Lucas a DM at Lucas yes. So Brand. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. <laughs> well, yay. Thank you so much for coming through. Yes. Um, thank you for using the microphone. I'm glad that it worked. <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. I feel like we could, uh, we could talk you. for forever, you know, I know. <laughs> especially about I a know. subject like this. Like I'm so passionate about it. So, <laughs> well, you can always come back. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> thank you, Lucas. And thanks everybody. And we'll talk more next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye.